Oh, it's so wonderful to see you again. Come in and unwind. Welcome back to the Celestial Cafe, a podcast for the magical mind. So come, take a seat. Would you like something sweet? A star drop potion for the soul? Maybe an enchanted eclair as a treat? I just baked a batch of warm cookies with a dash of moonlight. I wonder what will happen if you take a little bite. Here's your bewitching beverage. Let each sip melt your worries away. It's time to open your mind. I wonder what magic awaits us today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Celestial Cafe, a podcast for magical minds. If you want to catch up with our show or check out our other links, you can find us on celestialcafe.org. We're on all podcasting platforms, so you can get all the links there. This week, we're talking about witches and magic with regards to cats. We're very excited for this talk. I can't wait to... (laughs) <laughs> talk about it so here i'm joined by panthera and we're gonna have a nice little conversation about yeah the magical oh, i'm beings. so excited about this one who doesn't love cats if, if you don't love cats then get out of if here if you don't love cats then i don't love you <laughs> why are you here <laughs> next week we'll be discussing about dreams we'll be streaming that episode if you want to catch us live on twitch.tv slash Haiti shady lady yeah so that one i will also not be there that week i will be on a little mini vacation but our i don't dream anyways so it'll be fine <laughs> but fuchsia dinksley and shady will all be there um talking about dreams dream symbolism lucid dreaming and all that fun stuff so be sure to check that one out um and thank you to all the new viewers who have been listening and watching on youtube and podcasting platforms we've been growing a lot lately and it's very exciting (laughs) and thank you to all our patreon supporters um and just helping us keep going do everything yeah (laughs) do everything uh if you are interested in being a patreon supporter we have extra blog posts that develop more upon the themes of the episodes we do some extra content for you all over there and we I will think Duke's be rolling out a, uh, a post all about pisces and just kind of like ruminating yeah. on what it means to be a pisces and pisces season and everything like that so mm-hmm. definitely check it out if you're interested so yeah. let's go ahead and hop to it i guess right let's let's get into this cats <laughs> cats and magic <laughs> Um, so where do we even start? Do we start at the beginning? Uh, so I feel like we almost need to just talk about cats and witches. Like you go into a Halloween store or anywhere that sells decorations around October and it's all like witches and their cat, right? Like almost everything that has to do with the witch has the the broom and the cat, right? It's like as synonymous with witch as the the hat, right? Like the so... hat and the cauldron. So like oh. um what some like uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, and then like you know Kiki's Delivery Service like there's so many examples of of cats and witches and everything Um, yeah there's um there's a number of pages on TV tropes I don't know if you've ever got sucked down (laughs) in a TV tropes just like black hole and just go from one thing to another but oh it's like wikipedia but specifically for tropes Mm -hmm. and um and you can just spend hours but there are specific tv tropes pages for um cats are magic and all witches have cats and oh 
if you have a few hours that you don't mind losing, just go on there and just look. And that sounds it's so great. fascinating. Yeah. I'm like, obviously not all witches have cats. It's not a requirement to be a witch, but it is a pretty popular combination. It's very, very common. So. I don't know. There just must be something that kind of draws us together, I guess, that attracts mm-hmm. us to uh, the feline friend. Yeah. But so do we kind of want to go into like the the history of cats now or does Um, that sound good to you? I mean, we have to go all the way back to the very beginning of civilization (laughs) for this, right? Yeah. So So, I I love cats. And for those of you who don't know me too much, um, I am a biology major. I went to school for animal sciences specifically. And one of my specializations was the behavior of big cats and canines so a lot of my studies are actually very heavily focused on cats and that's actually where i get my name panthera from it's the uh the genus of big cat species so panthera leo or panthera tigris so um i'm very (laughs) passionate about cats but so the domestication of the cat actually began um it's kind of hard to determine exactly when but they believe that it became a thing as early as humans creating agriculture and having agricultural settlements. So essentially the belief is that in the Fertile Crescent around 10,000 years ago, when humans were storing grain and seeds and things like that, that that began to attract rodents, which therefore attracted cats and humans kind of recognize that oh these animals are useful they're keeping away the critters that are eating our grains and began to to feed and provide water and things like that uh to one of, cats one of the things that i love is the um it's not proven i don't know if they can ever prove this but it's there is a widespread belief that cats domesticated themselves because <laughs> they saw like the benefit to having this uh, like symbiotic relationship with humans and the humans were like well we'll tolerate you because because you're keeping the rats away and but so they just kind of slowly became part of our culture our civilization on their own we didn't go out and get them and be yeah, like, hey, chose you're going to be useful. <laughs> cats chose us. What's the, and uh, the thing that's going around on TikTok? It's the, the cat delivery system or the cat distribution system. The cat distribution system goes back 10,000 years ago. It's like the thing where like, if you need a cat, a cat is like delivered to you by you finding like a, <laughs> a kitten on the side of the road or something. And I, I have to say, like, I used to run a cat rescue and mm-hmm. that's how I, that's how I ended up with Felix. I used to run a Aww. cat rescue and cats still to this day, they know, they know the people who are going to like, oh, yeah. if they're in need of rescue, they know, they know how to find those people. I would get calls in the middle of the night from friends. Like I just was walking <laughs> home and I found this cat like in, like left out in an mm-hmm. alley here you go. I'm like, it's one o'clock in the morning, but I'll be right there. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's still, it's still one of those. And I still, I feel like it's a kind of magic when things like that, that still happens because a lot of the time, like living in Chicago, like we see stray cats all over the place. Mm-hmm. People don't pay them any, like, like even my friends won't see a cat and be like, oh, that cat needs to be rescued but the the cat will come up to them and be like okay i need help (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and there was a good two years of my life where like 
constantly getting calls from friends just oh, yeah? like all the time <laughs> and like but that goes back to 10,000 years ago they just oh, yeah. decided hey we like what you can offer us <laughs> and we're we're going to domesticate ourselves but we're still going to inhabit some of that like mm-hmm. independence and that wildness i mean the yeah for sure the whole thing was that they were kept because they were still like they were still hunting um Mm -hmm. they kept that that feralness um so they kind of straddled the line yeah um they straddled the line between domesticated and wild and okay not all of my (laughs) cats straddled the line but Ginny Ginny would not be able to hunt her way out of a paper bag oh, but no. <laughs> but uh but like you I still see it with Felix I mean Felix mm-hmm. is born feral yeah so um I think just like with uh people right they they have so many different personalities and some of us yeah. are meant for work yeah. and some of us are meant to not <laughs> yeah but so, so yeah, basically, um, so going all the way back to that Fertile Crescent, the mm-hmm. first like um, way that we have to determine that humans started just showing affection and like caring for these animals was about 7500 BCE, which is when the first cats are dated to have been buried with humans. So people were like, you know, mm-hmm. I love this cat so much that it's going to be buried with me. So... Which just raised some questions. Incredible. Um, I know. I know. Um, in ancient Egypt, I mean, the cats were worshipped. Um, like Bast and uh, I can never pronounce Sekhmet. Sekhmet. I can. Yeah. I was like, I can never pronounce that correctly. Um, <laughs> like Bast and Sekhmet were feline mm-hmm. gods, and um, but like cats, domesticated cats were seen as like not gods but as creatures in the home to be kind of revered yes um, for sure they were considered um a representative almost of some yeah. of these uh goddesses in particular <laughs> but so yeah. ancient egypt is actually the the culture that is given credit to the first full domestication of cats mm-hmm. so and you know the egyptians are people who not only like revered them so much and had you know deities who are depicted as of them but they also mummified their their cats yeah. too which mm-hmm. um for those of you who know mummification is like a very detailed um like practice it it takes a lot of effort (laughs) to to do so um a lot of creatures had to be very heavily revered or have a very high connection to people or like um pharaohs were oftentimes like uh, buried with a lot of their their mummified like uh servants family Mm -hmm. pets etc but only really like those high kind of society Mm -hmm. but so with Ever since we've kind of had cats too, there's always kind of been we we just mentioned the ancient Egyptians, but um, this kind of like a supernatural aura around like cats and felines. Even if now we think of like the black cat or the witch's cat, as we've mentioned before, a lot of different cultures around the world have associated cats, and whether it's just like their keen senses and kind of their their intuition and ability to sense danger, with them being able to see into the unseen world kind of a thing mm-hmm. to uh, either as messengers to the other side or just kind of like alarm systems. 
Yeah, they're often seen as the go-between to the spirit world, um, which kind of straddles, like, parallels that straddling the wild and domesticated kind of thing. They're, mm-hmm. like, they're the go-between between Never fully our tamed. world. And, yeah. Yeah, it's very much like the riding the hedge. Um, yes. That, Cats are liminal. Um, that kind of belief. <laughs> yes, they're very liminal. Um, as someone who has cats who I am convinced see spirits around mm-hmm. the house, most of the time they pay them no mind. But like there was one time, like Avocado never reacts to them. But one time he just sat there and stared for like a good hour in my be- <laughs> at my bedroom door. Anytime and I, I try to like move looking him. at something, I'm like. What what well, is that? I, I like I tried to move I like picked him up and brought him in my room and he immediately bolted out. And I was oh. like Oh, you've never done that before. Ginny sees fairies all the time. I'm I'm sure. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what she's screaming at all the time. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but that's like one of the things that cats have historically been seen as as which is familiars mm-hmm. because they can see the spirit world they can yeah. be the go between to the spirit world uh they're also often seen as garden guarding over which is yeah, as protectors. their astral projected for sure yeah. and so that's one thing too it's like even in um it reminds me of like hocus pocus uh binks is like kind of the protector of the group right mm-hmm. like he is always like fighting off or, or chasing off others mm-hmm. so but yeah like um and that's originally like black cats the, just the color black and magic is a very protective color that's usually where you mm-hmm. get your protecting protection candles sachets and things like that yeah um so the people who practice magic really kind of like taking in these black cats kind of led to a lot of the stereotypes of black cats nowadays. Mm-hmm. And um, especially as someone who I have a black cat, I cannot see my cat in the middle of the night, uh, like <laughs> it, which has been not so great for her laying in the middle of the floor. But it's one of the qualities that you can use with using cats and magic is for for stealth, for sneaking. Um, mm-hmm. I have some black cat oil, which is basically rolling a d20 on stealth. Um, so <laughs> it is like for That's like awesome. for uh, for hiding. For it's great for invisibility. Um, for like just getting. When we talk um, about invisibility too, by the way, I just want to clarify: we don't mean like cast <laughs> fireball, turn invisible. We mean uh, just being kind of like not the center of attention, being able to go kind of unnoticed, yeah. kind of a thing. It's kind of it's a, usually like a shielding technique or um, kind of like a glamour magic in some ways, yeah. which I'm sure we'll go into. Mm-hmm. I know we have a glamour mm-hmm. magic episode on the the list, so yeah. I'm sure we'll go into that in depth mm-hmm. soon. If you guys are interested in hearing about that, we need to to move it up sooner. Let us know. But um, so what are some of you, like your favorite examples of cats and kind of like myth and folklore before we pull too much into the modern? Oh, okay. So so the Yule cat is my favorite. <laughs> You're going to, yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a story um, about a cat that goes around on Christmas Eve, and if you are not given new clothes to wear, new pajamas to wear for Christmas Eve, the cat will eat you. And... <laughs> 
I, I I just love it also because we always got new pajamas on Christmas <laughs> Eve to wear that we, night. We always and had our like, Christmas like, Eve present, which was pajamas. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like we didn't like at the time I didn't know about this tradition, uh, this like myth, but um, but we the tradition still lives. Yeah, and, for sure. And, and there reminds me that like, I need to tell my mom. Like, by the way, did you know that because you give us <laughs> pajamas on Christmas Eve, that means we won't be eaten by a giant cat? So yeah, good job. That's, good that's why we haven't been <laughs> good parenting. That's why we haven't been eaten. So I love, I love the Yule cat. Um, just so it's much so it makes me laugh like why is the cat going to eat you because you didn't get new pajamas yeah. because nobody gifted you pajamas you get punished <laughs> oh it's so good so i think some of mine you already mentioned bastet um i i love the egyptian uh the cat goddesses there um such fascinating deities but um freya the norse goddess whose uh chariot is pulled by by giant cats is always my favorite because like man if i was a goddess that would be pretty high up there for like my form of magical transportation i think i would would take i did find i i wonder if you because you probably know more about this than I do. I don't work with Freya. I haven't really looked into this, but I did find like reference to the cats specifically being black cats while I was doing research for this. And I don't know if that's always the case or if that was just I found this reference to a black cat. I don't know. I don't think I've seen that in particular, mm. Justin. Uh, I will say, like, Norse mythology of all the different mythologies I've researched is, um, like, third on the, down the list. I know a lot more about, like, Greek, mm. Egyptian, and so on. Yeah. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. I've never seen them depicted as black cats in particular. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I guess yeah. if uh, you viewers or listeners know of anything, let, let us know your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, uh, one thing that I learned that I didn't uh, know before, too, was that the goddess Bridget, um, uh, a Celtic deity, I think she's particularly Irish, but... Um, mm -hmm. She is very as heavily associated with cats, especially like of the hearth and of the home. And yeah. that um, a lot of Celtic peoples actually believed that a black cat entering the house was a good luck sign. It was mm -hmm. prosperous, um, which is interesting to see like how that has kind of flipped over time. Uh, yeah, a lot of the things that we now see as bad luck about cats used to be good luck. And mm -hmm. uh, we have the lovely Catholic Church for that. Yeah. And, uh, but they specifically, like, in starting in the 1200s, started going after um yeah, well, pagans I have a lot to and talk about that. <laughs> they they started a lot of research. They started they started going after pagans in general, but also that um, a lot of what we see now as witches as magic practitioners did have cats for a variety of reasons. They were very popular in general just because of the pest control. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, I don't know if you realize cats breed like crazy. So, <laughs> so they're all over the place. But cats also but, um, have a very diverse um like uh prey options uh yeah. they've actually yeah. caused many different species of birds to go extinct which is actually a very bad problem um but which is why spay and neuter spay and yes, neuter is a good um, thing but so for but, sure it's definitely been they're very prolific in human settlements for sure yeah um but then so in the middle ages they started going after um people with cats 
and during the witch witch hunts and they started going after cats specifically and so part of doing that is turning the narrative of black cats are mm-hmm. lucky turning it into black cats are yeah. unlucky and some of this has to do with king charles the first um there was a, a whole thing about like how he had this um cat that he loved and he said the cat was really lucky and then the cat died and the next day he was captured um so (laughs) and then that turned into cats are unlucky somehow uh so um it's like no the cat was protecting him (laughs) yeah oh it's crazy but so i have one more example of cats and folklore which i found mm -hmm. very interesting and i wish we had dukes or shady here to help me pronounce this but i'll do my best but in japanese folklore the bakeneko um, is a type of cat that can actually transform into a human and it's mm-hmm. very heavily associated with witchcraft and causing mm-hmm. mischief and ruckus and kind of a thing yeah. so i found that and one then, very interesting and we have the lucky of the course lucky, the lucky cat absolutely um, i know dukes also has one that she has on her mm-hmm. desk that actually waves um i keep the lucky cat here um and in in muslim and we see we see mm-hmm. cats like all over cultures all over the world all over history and muslim believes there is the um what's called the born lucky it's a benevolent jinn that is a cat Okay, so I didn't know that, but I have another piece of Islamic folklore that I researched. But the the Prophet Muhammad actually was said to have a pet cat named Mueza, um, who is believed to to talk and possesses magical powers. So I find that very interesting. (laughs) Very cool. I love folklore. That's just so much fun. Yeah, in Japan and Russia, they're seen as heralds of good luck. um, And um, they're just um found all over the place and up until the middle ages were mostly seen as benevolent Mm -hmm. so uh did you want to talk about more about why it got changed and why they're seen as not yeah let's let's hop into like the actual like we'll talk about witches and the the persecution i have a whole spiel i want to do on the black plague and the the war on cats i will (laughs) let you spiel all right so as we all know like um the history of witches dates back very very uh into the past so the first known witch trials um actually occurred during ancient greece in the fifth century however it wasn't until kind of the middle ages early modern period that witchcraft became a huge concern in europe specifically so during this time the catholic church was very influential in spreading the belief that witches were in league with the devil and engaged in various nefarious activities including consorting with familiars or animal companions so it was actually believed that the were a spirit or sometimes the devil itself in a form there to communicate and assist the witch with their nefarious deeds. So it was during this particular period that cats began to be associated with witches. Cats, as we previously discussed, had long been viewed with suspicion kind of due to their... with suspicion or reverence, I guess, depending on which culture, mm-hmm. but um, due to their ability to, to interact with the spirit world or their kind of existing in that liminal space. So they have that nocturnal nature, the ability to see in the dark. They're great hunters. They're, they're just these very like um, non-human kind of creatures, right? So whether witches, cunning people, or other magical practitioners kept these animals around for their spiritual prowess or just for their mundane assistance and capturing rodents, 
It's still heavily debated. However, most experts pretty much say it's it's probably both, right? So the link between cats and witchcraft was actually solidified in the popular imagination during the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries. So many women were accused of witchcraft and then found out cats of companions. Um, and it was kind of believed that these cats were, were those familiars, those demonic spirits that took on the form of animals to aid witches in their evil deeds. And this belief led to the widespread killing of cats as they were seen as this kind of symbol of witchcraft and evil. But mm -hmm. so I'm going to read back a little bit to a specific instance in the 13th century. So this is when the Catholic Church was becoming increasingly powerful and influential across the continent of Europe. And this was during Pope Gregory IX, who led the church from uh, 1227 to 1241. He was at the forefront of this movement, kind of. He was one of the, the first like big influential popes and in pushing uh Catholicism. And one of the ways that the church exerted their power during this time was trying to stamp out what it saw as pagan or heretical practices. So exactly what you were mentioning before and targeting these kinds of beliefs. This is where we saw a lot of the kind of absorption of pagan festivals or deities as saints and so on, like St. Bridget um, and things like that, right? So... Um, unfortunately, one of these practices happened to be the veneration of cats, which was widespread in many cultures at, during the time. So the Pope actually issued an official papal decree known as the Vox in Rama during June of 1233 as a response to a Grand Inquisitor whose name is Conrad of Marburg, his reports of satanic cults in Germany. So it was reported that these cultists, it, basically the decree went in very extreme detail about what they were doing in these rituals. And just like a slight trigger warning, I guess, if you want to read them. And, but like, um, kind of like weird sexual acts involving animals. And one of them is a black cat that it talks about. Um, whether or not these are true is completely debated still um a lot of this too is kind of just up in the air by the way if you decide to do your mm -hmm. own research this is very heavily debated back and forth over whether this pope was specifically trying to eradicate cats or whether or not they were just trying to kind of spread um the information of these satanic cults and therefore the cats were kind of just like a byproduct of this but essentially during this report, too, they also mentioned that the cats um, or that the cultists are not the cats. The cultists were referring to their version of the devil as the sort of half cat, half man figure. So that was like kind of like the 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 spark that lit the, the match there, so to speak. So. The side effect here is that it spurred a hatred towards cats. Um, cats were heavily associated with the devil, and with black cats being the most targeted, it's debated that this persecution of cats led to the rodent population becoming like staggeringly increased and allowing such diseases like the infamous Black Plague or the bubonic plague uh, to then flourish shortly afterwards. Mm -hmm. So you this is that was brought by, carried by rats. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's debated whether or not that mm -hmm. this is like a direct correlation or, or just like a side effect and so on. So mm -hmm. again, like do your research, there's been, I I read like five different papers trying to get like a solid answer and I couldn't. It was all very back and forth pretty much. But um 
it, it's very interesting to see considering the timing yes the the number of cats that were killed was actually like um disturbing it's really sad um mm -hmm. but yeah it, it kind of yeah. is that a crazy <laughs> yeah so that's my um, little spiel. <laughs> uh, Felix would like to let her presence be known and be worshipped. She just came up oh. and started meowing at me. So um, she's like, "Hello, yeah. you have summoned me." <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of black cats who can't be seen in the shadows, she's gone now. I can't see her. And then we see the persecution of the correlation of like this person has cats and thus is a witch all throughout the next five six centuries after um from there like like we mm -hmm. saw like people in salem like were persecuted if they had cats we like we saw that like a lot um even yes, now for sure and and a lot of the old grimoires too i don't know exactly which one or which ones refer to this but um black cat especially like black cat bones in particular like the the bone of a boiled black cat is a, a very common magical ingredient please do not do that <laughs> modern, modern days modern times please do not sacrifice your animals um, i mean like if you're if you're it's like your cat naturally dies i'm not gonna tell you what to, to do and not do with it but don't don't kill please do not boil cats. your cat alive um, yeah i i know as someone who owns a black cat um and worked in cat rescue but most animal shelters will not let you adopt out black cats around halloween because that still persists like the um like people will or at least the rumor of like mm. getting a black cat to sacrifice on halloween um and so so it's like i when i got a black cat people were like make sure you like don't let her in the windows around halloween or people will take her i'm like uh you have not seen how fast felix can run and she does not trust any human so i think she's good and she's been fine but but it's no, just yeah, like that's one crazy. of those one of those prevalent things um just black cats and magic and um for good and bad i mean i love the black cat stereotypes um that uh like witches have black cats i have I have a black cat. I've wanted a black cat since I was 12. I finally got one. It was not the cat I wanted. Um, I did not mean to keep Felix whatsoever, but it was one of those. The cat chose me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we see that all the time, like Salem in Sabrina. We see K Gigi in Kiki. Um, we see black hats and witches all over, like mm -hmm. all over media. Um, and it's even I was watching the movie Disenchanted the other day, um, which is the sequel to Enchanted. Not as great, but still, like if if you're looking for like to turn <laughs> your brain off, it's fun. But I was watching Disenchanted, and um, in the movie, the the good character becomes like transforms into the evil stepmother in her. She was the princess, and she had a cute little chipmunk companion, and then she transforms into the evil stepmother, and she gets a big fat cat as her <laughs> companion instead. Um, oh, like even like the Cinderella transforms. The the mean cat is a black cat too, right? Yeah. I think it's technically like a tuxedo, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, and it's just like one of those the kind of cat that 
figures in um in these stories have also kind of always dictates what kind of which they are if they're mm-hmm. a good witch or a bad witch yeah and like i i have i have lots of sorts of cats <laughs> but then turns out this is gray i guess that's fitting with my morals <laughs> <laughs> turns out this is this is where you can get into the tv tropes like rabbit hole um there's a whole other ca- category for crazy cat lady which are generally good people because they have like a whole variety of cats so you can't choose like you can't just stereotype them based on they have a black cat because they also have an orange cat they also have a tabby (laughs) that was that was my rabbit hole tangent research today oh hello oh (laughs) i know we know how typically witches have seen or been perceived using cats in the past in magic with guarding them protecting them while they're astral projecting there was um a rumor that a witch could turn into a cat nine times which is where the cat's nine lives comes from um how do you use cat magic now so I find this question very interesting because like I I use a lot of gifts from my cat kind of like in my practice, but I don't use like her in my practice very much. It's more of mm-hmm. like I do things for her. Um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, which I feel like we we're gonna do a whole episode on just <laughs> pet magic and doing things for our pets in the future. But when it that comes just to, goes like, back down to the worshiping cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like um, cat whiskers, uh, mm-hmm. the shed claws. Like when your cat mm-hmm. um scratches like a scratching pose or something. Sometimes like cat claws are different than dog claws, whereas they actually have like layers kind of around the outside, yeah. and the layers will peel off. So you'll mm-hmm. get like a shell of a of a claw. So I collect mm-hmm. those. I've got like a little jar of those, and, like whiskers that fall off. Never take anything from your animals. Um, just mm-hmm. let it naturally shed, and then take it there. Or like fur. Um, I use a lot of things like that in, in my craft, kind of depending on what claws are great for protection. Whiskers are great mm-hmm. for intuition, right? That is what they use to kind of sense and feel. So any yeah. sort of psychic building, yeah, whiskers are great mm-hmm. for that. So I use a lot of those things in like charm bags and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Sachets and things, uh, sometimes bottles, but not not like oils or anything like that. Usually, this are mm-hmm. these are dry, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but, um, and like the fur too. Um, I, I use it a lot in like protection working and stuff too. And like even when I'm doing protection things for my household as a whole, I always include like fur from my dog, fur from my cat, you know, my hair. Um, so it's got like a little piece of all of us in there. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know what to protect. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I guess that's like me personally. Um, but mm-hmm. generally I know like, um, you know, like seeing cats is like a sign a lot of people get, um, like seeing either certain colors of cats or just seeing a frequent amount of cats. Cats can be a very popular like dream symbol um i have issues remembering my dreams but um that's like a very interesting uh kind of thing to look into um and just looking at like cat kind of correspondences is another thing so like cats are very associated with luck obviously Mm -hmm. um we mentioned intuitions kind of psychic ability protection they're also Mm -hmm. very heavily associated with like abundance independence freedom and self-sufficiency which i find very interesting so Mm -hmm. um very good for like 
um, entrepreneurial magic like comes to mind because of the abundance, the luck and mm-hmm. the like independence kind of like freedom. So like if you're trying to like do your own thing, kind of self-starter mentality, uh, get a shop off the ground or something like that. Um, <laughs> some magic with cats is a great option. I yeah. got to say, though, as um, I don't think using anything from Ginny for self-sufficiency would <laughs> be worthwhile at all she is the least self-sufficient cat i have ever met um, so always, if you have a cat try to embrace like take their traits into the magic um don't just be like oh cats are cats are agile Ginny has vertigo she layers. falls over she she doesn't she is not agile so so like don't uh, don't go just based off of, well, cats are seen as sneaky. Yes, but is your cat sneaky? If you're using your cat's whiskers in a spell, um, are you going to get that result? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's always um, <laughs> something to keep in mind. And of course, like we have the other associations with um, that you can use, like the different colors of cat fur or cat whiskers um for for more of the spell work so like if you have a a cat with brown fur or brown whiskers that's really good for grounding if you have um like white fur or black fur that's great for protection or banishment um so uh orange cats are great for uh joy and uh, prosperity oh i love that yeah so um, so you can, because whiskers do come in a bunch of different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely true. so, so you can use these different color associations as well as the personality of these cats. Um, and who also need an excuse to adopt more cats too. <laughs> you need one of each color um, for magic purposes. <laughs> I, I think I'm capped at three, but, you know, um, and one of the other things that, um, with associations with, if you're using whiskers, for magic, um, short whiskers are great for short-term goals, short-term workings, and long whiskers are great for long-term Interesting. goals. Interesting. I've never um, heard of that. I love yeah. that. And I don't know why, but Avocado has the longest whiskers in the world. <laughs> like, his whiskers are... Because, like, cats whiskers never technically stop growing. They just... Sometimes they'll they'll just naturally fall yeah. off. I'm not sure exactly but, what it is that causes it. I have to relook like, at my notes. Ginny <laughs> has, like, super, super short whiskers. And mm-hmm. Felix's are, like, I would say average size. Avocados are super long. <laughs> and I don't know why. And they always have been. Um, but, um, so, so like if I'm ever doing long-term spells, I got to get one of his whiskers. Uh, I always wait for them to naturally fall out, but when they fall out, yeah, I, a little jar the, labeled. I, <laughs> I mean, more excuses for jars. Come on. Yes. Always but, more jars. <laughs> there's so many different associations that you can use with cats in magic. Yeah. I tend to not involve my cats in spells mm-hmm. generally. But sometimes they will get themselves involved. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly mostly avocado. I mean, Felix is always around, letting her presence be known. But mostly avocado will, um, like he won't care for the most part if I'm doing a spell. But sometimes, um, there are certain times he will be like, "Okay, I'm gonna get all up in your business. I'm gonna jump up on the desk and be here." And and like 
like not disruptive, but he'll like be right there just like watching it. And then I feel like I feel like he's like blessing it a little more than um than like the spells that he doesn't care about. He also he every single day, I don't know what it is, every single day he comes into my room once a day and paws open <laughs> the cabinet that I keep all my tarot decks in. Interesting. It's like his little That's it. little and he just he just paws <laughs> He pause. He pause it open, looks in, and leaves. I'm like, interesting. Okay, huh. so I guess that is probably the last point I want to talk about is cats as, like, our cats as magical beings, familiars, companions, mm-hmm. whatever you see them as. Because there's there's the difference. Do you do you see your cats as familiars? Levels. I guess we can start on as like yeah. the familiar question. <laughs> <laughs> the familiar question. I see avocado as a familiar. Familiar. I don't see Ginny and Felix as familiars. I see them okay. as. I see them as magical beings in their own right, mm-hmm. and um, they definitely have. Like, I am sure that Ginny sees fairies, and I'm sure that like. Um, they have their own things, but they don't really help me in spell work. They don't really. T- tend to have that connection with Mm -hmm. me not that we don't have a connection but we don't have it's a different magical connection it's a different feeling uh with familiars Mm -hmm. and i have always gotten that with avocado and i had that with one of my other cats growing up um but i don't really have that feeling with Ginny and felix and it's not something i can really tangibly describe or Mm -hmm. say why i feel like avocado is a familiar but these aren't not that i don't Mm -hmm. love felix and jenny uh but but (laughs) like avocado is my familiar and he he is the one who will actually like get involved in um in my spell work Ginny just works with the fairies uh i think she's her own fairy being like when i got a fairy oracle deck and i was doing a video review of it she insisted on being on the desk and like just like being on the cards as i was reviewing them i was like that's so cute you are a fairy being (laughs) um there are people who say that animals can't be familiars or aren't familiars like familiars are from the spirit world and i i do think some types of familiars are from the spirit world um but i don't think that's exclusive and i do think like Mm -hmm. cats and dogs and other pets can be uh can be familiars they're just a different kind gotcha so I'm actually, I'm kind of one of those skeptical people. Like, I don't know. I, and maybe this is just my, my experiences so far. I have not experienced mm-hmm. this and I'm mm-hmm. very open-minded, I'd like to think. And I am open to the possibility of that being different and changing. But um, to me, kind of pet, pets are pets. They're, you know, they're animals. And mm-hmm. I do think that any living thing has a capacity for magic. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, and this is kind of like um, animist kind of beliefs coming in, but I I do think that everything, you know, has a, has a spirit and has the capacity to 
um, communicate in its own kind of language and, and so on like that, um, whether it be plant, animal, and so on. So I do think that um, cats especially have an inclination for for the magic, for the liminal, for the uh, kind of especially like spirit communications, spirit seeing realm. Um, but personally, I do not think that my, my cat is my <laughs> familiar or my dog. Um, but uh, she you know has shown interest in me doing spells and in meditating and things like that but she also shows interest in me writing in my journal or sitting at my computer you know she's just like my little buddy and she's like you doing that cool i'm doing that too like um, those of you who follow me on social media you'll see that she like jumps into my tiktoks and reels and things like that very often in my youtube videos she's very often a blooper as she meows and knocks into my tripod when i'm filming to get my attention um, mm-hmm. I just think that that's just her. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm open to being incorrect, but for me personally, is uh, at least right now, familiars are are a very distinct thing. Um, not something corporeal that exists permanently on mm-hmm. on this plane, at least I guess. Um, yeah. But open to to being wrong and to mm-hmm. kind of experiencing that one day. But I, yeah. I find it interesting to hear other people's experiences for sure. I do think, like, I do think most are not familiars, and I do Mm -hmm. think um, that in my personal belief, it's probable that it's more that a spirit came and embodied avocado Mm. versus this cat was born as a spirit, kind of, um, um, as a familiar familiar not that he wasn't born like that but um but it's otherworldly coming into our world kind Mm -hmm. of thing and that's why like i get a different feeling from avocado than i do from Ginny. and it's also um like i had i had i did not recognize it at the time growing up i had this cat named jewel from when i was 12 and um she um had like a strong spiritual connection with me she was the one who like i i used to have really violent nightmares like chronic nightmares every night uh would wake up bruised and like once ripped my blanket in half in my sleep like terrible nightmares and then we got her she started sleeping in the bed with me and i stopped and did not sleep in the bed with anyone else. <laughs> she did not like anyone else. <laughs> she was technically my sister's cat, but she was mine. But I didn't realize until much, much later that she actually did fill that like familiar role with me. Not just in that, but that's so like I guess the most like how do you I can define say. familiar for you then? What well, what like is it when you think of a familiar like what what sets a familiar apart from like other spirit allies or or uh guides so so for me a familiar is someone who is in this plane with me okay guiding me um and so like one of the things that i know for sure jewel was a familiar is because now she is one of my spirit guides Mm -hmm. she does come to me in dreams and she does um guide me still through that way um and she has even shown me in a dream what my next familiar will be after avocado um so so it's like it's it's very much like a feeling kind of it's very you're getting confirmation too it Um, feels like as you go okay 
Um, so, but... I have another question for you then. Um, but do you think that you can have multiple familiars at a time, or do you think that like humans can be familiars then? I think you can have multiple familiars because you can have. I mean, you can have multiple um, like spirit familiars. Mm-hmm. You can you can call multiple familiars from the spirit world um, to do different things for you. Um, it's not exclusive one to one. I think it's very unlikely that you will have multiple like like pet familiars at one time i think that's very very unlikely um but i don't think it's impossible but um but like i i only have avocado right now um i think felix and Ginny embody their own magic in their own way but they're not familiars they're not they they're not like the the sense of like guidance that i get mm-hmm. from avocado and he has guided me through a lot in my life so um like there are things that i would not have gotten through (laughs) if if not for him so um that's that's kind of like it's 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 very much um like a gut thing intuition Mm -hmm. um as a lot of magic is uh, but it's also it's i also feel like it's one of those you don't know it until you feel it kind of things so what what about the human question? <laughs> um I think that's I think that's different. Um uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 I guess would... I, there's definitely people who I would consider to be like guides or, or helpful or taught me lessons I, right through my life, but I don't know if I would consider them like a a spiritual guide at that same time. Yeah. I mean there are there are definitely spiritual guides that are humans. Definitely mm-hmm. not on the same level of familiars because familiars are to like when you look at the actual like definition and usage of familiars, it is beings who are serving us and we don't have humans serving us. I mean, that factor, even though cats are very independent, like avocado does serve a purpose for me for my life. But spirit guides are I I think spirit guides, especially in the sense of humans, they're not usually lifelong spirit guides. They're kind of like in and out. You can feel that soul connection with them. But they're still their own person. They're still their own entity. Um, they are still their own soul. So it's it's a different it's a different kind of thing. But at the same time, like like I have spirit guides of my dad and my best friend, but they weren't my spirit guides when they were living. Now yeah. they are. Like I mean, I learned lots from them when I they were alive, but they didn't become my spirit guides until after they pass i think for humans to be spirit guides they have to be able to travel that extra realm with you mm-hmm. yeah that that's off topic from cats <laughs> we could probably do like, a whole you know, episode we're, on that incorporating it all i feel like yeah. familiars definitely could be like a whole or familiars or different types of spirits mm-hmm. in general um, yeah. I definitely feel like so. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are interested yeah. in hearing that. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you can you can summon you can summon demons to be your familiars. You can summon um, like other other spirits to be your familiars as well. You can summon you can do spells to summon cats or 
pets as your familiar and then you can do that and then those cats will show up in your life as they do um, oh. <laughs> so so yeah, those, those are always fun <laughs> yeah it's a complex and nuanced topic mm-hmm. i feel like so mm-hmm. yeah i'm definitely interested in going into that conversation a mm-hmm. little a little more in the future yeah but so i think like a, a little fun thing to round it out might be like what are your favorite modern cat superstitions <laughs> oh modern cat superstitions Ooh, I feel like there's the oh. obvious like if a black cat crosses your path or is it bad luck yeah. for seven years or something like that <laughs> i don't know it's a I long actually, time yeah i don't know if i actually have any favorite superstitions because i will say i am a fairly superstitious person but when it or i i'm willing to believe in superstitions mm-hmm. but um not when it comes to cats just because i have them all over the place so like if I mean, like, if a black cat crossing my path is seven years of bad luck, I'm basically <laughs> cursed for all of eternity, which would explain my love life, actually. That's the one that you believe so. in. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's truth to that. <laughs> um, uh, and this is a, we just unlocked the reason why all witches live alone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that it? I thought cats. it was the three cats. I thought it was the three cats in themselves, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I have any superstitions about cats specifically that I would point to. Okay. What about you? I, so I did a bunch of research on them and I found some fun ones. So apparently um, when a cat sneezes, it's good luck. So, you know, get a feather and tickle your cat's nose when you need a lucky day. Um, If a cat is staring intently at something, it's said to be staring at ghosts. We kind of already discussed Mm -hmm. that. If a cat suddenly starts grooming themselves, it means that you might have an unexpected visitor. (laughs) That one's fun. Um, If they bring you a dead animal, it's a gift of good luck. It's a gift. It's a gift. True. Oh, and what if uh, if a cat is sleeping with all four paws tucked underneath of it, so it's loafing, loafing. It, it's said to be a sign of cold weather coming. Of cold weather. I mean, <laughs> keeping those toesies warm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah, um, I thought those yeah. were all like fun little silly cat superstitions. Yeah. Okay, one last question. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite witch and cat duo? Oh, in in, in in stories, I guess I should clarify <laughs> in in fiction. Uh, my favorite is going to be probably a little bit of an obscure reference for most mm-hmm. people, but there is a uh, there's a series called The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Reed. I love it. It's if you love. Um, fairy tales with a feminist twist because the the whole story is like the princess was like I don't want to marry this dumb idiot I'm going to go live with dragons <laughs> that is the premise of the first book um, so but there is a witch that lives in the enchanted forest and she has nine cats and <laughs> they all have like different names one of them is fiddlesticks actually I had a litter of cats the kittens that i was fostering and i named one fiddlesticks and that name has lived on that cat is still fiddlesticks to this day like 10 years later um and and she has like all these different cats and they have all their different personalities and like and it's great because she's like i'm not gonna be like she's like 
going like i'm not going to be a traditional witch i like i'm supposed to only have one black cat and i have all these <laughs> other cats except for a black cat and it's great um, she's awesome. my favorite she, she's she's a no-nonsense witch but with nine cats <laughs> oh so i think i just thought of mine um and technically he's a wizard, not a witch, but uh, those of you who know me know I'm a huge D&D and critical role nerd. So I'm going to have to go with Caleb Widogast and Frumpkin, his familiar. So they're, they're my favorite. That, that inspires me with my D&D character, having a familiar. <laughs> so. That is exactly why like all of my yes. characters have familiars I, now. Yes. My 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 D and D character knows the find familiar spell specifically mm-hmm. so that I can have a cat running around. That's and awesome. Sneaking my, places and doing things uh, for me. I did a arcane trickster rogue and she has She's an a, arcane, a, yep. a weasel. <laughs> She's That's an arcane great. trickster. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so um yeah, I I think that wraps it up there's so much more i could talk about yes Um, we'll have to definitely do like a whole pet episode in the future and everything i think Mm -hmm. i just want to do uh two like quick things as we're wrapping up but just another reminder to please spay and neuter your cats um yes and help with the uh the current ongoing feral cat issue and the the bird population problems if you live in an area with a big feral cat population look into trap neuter and return most shelters um will a, a lot of shelters will offer a trap neuter and return um, program so you can um, get the feral cats uh, neutered and decrease the population while still letting them live out healthy lives um, in the wild because that's where feral cats belong. One last little thing too and that's I'm sure that as you ran a cat rescue you can attest to this too but that black cats are harder to adopt out than every other mm-hmm. cat because of the stereotype of them being unlucky so if you find yourself uh, looking for a feline companion please consider adopting not shopping and just know that uh, black cats have a hard time being uh, found by you know other families so they and they definitely will be a, a help to your magical practice to be a protection yeah. and seeing the spirits around you and just of course loving companionship too so maybe consider um opening your your heart and home to to a black cat in the future if you're interested black yeah. cats and and black dogs also are hmm. um adopted less than other dogs um some Partly because of the black cat stereotype, yeah. but also because they don't photograph as well. And um, most shelters aren't doing professional photographers coming in and taking pictures yeah. of them. So nice. so take home those black kitties. They need it. <laughs> they need the love. All right. And I think that's all we have for you today here at Celestial Cafe. Thank you so much for listening. Double check back last uh, next week for our dream episode with our lovely hosts, Fuchsia Dukesley and Hey Shady Lady. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.